And it's so fun to watch uh, the little video windows in StreamYard while our intro plays, and there are four to five heads uh, bop into the sound of the intro music. <laughs> Good choice for music, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone, to the European Ham Radio Show. And uh, we're one guy short because um, the Americans have something they call the World Championship in Football or Super Bowl. And uh, Walt is not here, but I just want to clarify one thing, though, before we start the show, because uh, uh, if you can see the picture here, uh, let's see if my arrow doesn't show up here. Let's see. Nope. There it is. Uh, we have a foot and a ball, and then we have an egg and a hand. So it's the American Championship in hand egg. It's uh, one we lost our American viewership. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So just and just, the subscriber just to, count just dropped by twenty. <laughs> so. <laughs> just to clarify that uh, uh, it's not even a metric or not metric debate. It's it's a hand and an egg. Mm. So uh, uh, enough about that. But Wall's not here to defend himself, so we're not gonna <laughs> talk any any more about that subject. <laughs> oh, I can promise you, we will. Perhaps it's it's Taylor Swift night, as far as I've read the Super Bowl this year. Hmm. So, yeah, someone's gonna have to explain to me what a Taylor Swift is. Uh, but uh, and uh, and Lee says that the Super Bowl does not start for three more hours, which is a pity, though, because if it started at a reasonable time, I would actually be watching it. But uh, yeah. it's not lined up for European viewers. No, I've done that once before work, and that was a really hard day at work afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But so, I, yep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm probably not gonna gonna watch the Super Bowl either. Um, I've done it a couple of times. I usually fall asleep somewhere in the second quarter, mm -hmm. um, and then you kind of miss the uh, the commercial breaks because they're not as frequent here as they are in the United States. So you just get a, a commercial break in progress slide on the screen. Yeah, and they do not send the same cons uh, same ads either. No. Um, William says that it doesn't beat rugby, and rugby is uh, perhaps hand egg as well, uh, yeah. just uh, without the safeguards. And it doesn't claim to be neither foot nor ball. So, <laughs> that's a, a, an important distinction, I think. <laughs> but, uh, Jeff, yeah, I, I've, I've seen rugby and I think you have to be pretty insane to participate in that but um, yeah that's all right yeah Jeff says that the the Chiefs are gonna win I don't really know who who plays except for the Chiefs though so uh, uh, that's how much I watch the NFL nowadays uh, but this is not a sports show this is a ham radio show <laughs> what I know that is that the Master Chief will win 117 <laughs> and I guess that's whoosh over your head smooth. Yes, uh, I was that, that, is, that. that is Halo, isn't it? Yes, that is Halo. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Halo? It's a game. And uh and All Steve right. asked if there are other continents we can upset. Uh I'm just gonna generally say yes. And there's uh, <laughs> five others, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll do our best. We'll do Let, our best. Let's we'll see. Um, Ham Radio Weeks and um, Shetel, would you like to start? Yes. Um, it's been a lot of work this week. So, since I did way too much Ham Radio last week and had a lot of fun this week, I did not. Uh, but I went to my cabin and uh, 
there's a lovely invention there. I can sit indoors with my radio. I can't do that at here, uh, but at a cabin, I can. So I had so much fun sitting there running FD8 and FD4 and um, uh, doing a lot of DX, lots of weird countries from far, far away. And that is really fun. Uh, so that's something I usually don't get to do, like sit there for hours with the radio. Uh, no SSB QSOs this time, but um, I did try to get um, oh, uh, TTY up and running with X6100 uh, with to the computer, but I can't get that working with MMTTY. So, um, so if somebody has some sort of input on how you get that running uh, with TTY on a computer, then I'd be really interested. I, I know um, you can do it on the radio. I think me and yeah, but uh, me and Steve temporarily offline. We did a stream about a year ago mm -hmm. uh, on uh, how to do ready on uh, the uh, sixty one hundred, and um, I think we managed to get it running sometime during the stream. Okay, I think even that. you've even got a QSO on it, as far as I remember. It's it's on my channel. Yep, I'll have to look at that. Uh, other than that, actually. Absolutely nothing uh, on the ham radio front. The weather has been atrocious for radio the days I've been able to go out. So nope, none, none of that. Yeah. Uh, Tobias, uh, you've been playing around with your new purchase a little bit. Uh, yeah, right. <clears throat> I made a video uh, yesterday about um, yeah setting up the PC programs of the D75. And uh, yeah, that was a tough video to make because I have a bit of a cold and I think I know exactly when I got that. It was when I watched Yetil's video uh, when he was walking up that steep hill with a t-shirt and plus seven degrees and telling us how warm it is. I think, uh, yeah, that's when I got the cold. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's better now. I mean, all week I had a sore throat and coughing, but... At some point, uh, it has to go, yeah? Um, yep. What else did I do? Uh, a lot, lot of small things, uh, and I'm sure I forget something. Yeah, my restored uh, triple mag mount got another coat of paint because, um, yeah, the, the the blue paint on the edges where, uh, where I painted the screws uh, was already uh, being scratched away, so I gave it another uh, coat. Uh, and then, yeah, lots of small things. The QMX had a small update. I think they found a bug with the PTT queuing. So a small soda bridge or wire bridge had to be added to fix that, a small mistake in the PCB. And what else? Uh, well, if I, if I remember, I'll jump in later. I think uh, maybe Bob tells us what he has done all week. <laughs> yeah, I've been at work all week, uh, so not much radio during the week, but I've uh, managed some this uh, weekend. I just have to ask, have you managed some QSOs on the fantastic new radio, uh, Tobias? Just uh, programming. I <laughs> I can tell you, uh, I, uh, when I when it's sitting here in the attic, uh, uh, the nearby APRS repeater picks it up. Yeah, so I have a few APRS spots sent by it, and uh, I connected it to the hotspot and listen to Reflector 001 Charlie a bit, but I haven't made a QSO yet. Yeah, so I don't know if the microphone is working. <laughs> oh, all right, well, you, you've got it on digital, so it's uh, the most important bit, I think. Uh, so excellent. I'm uh, I'm looking for mine. It's, um, I ordered mine from uh, Mark Lynch and Sons, so it's coming from outside of Europe, um, across the channel, uh, hoping to get it sometimes next week. Uh, you uh, are already, aware that, uh, that the UK technically is Europe, even though they left the EU. 
no. By that logic, Norway isn't Europe either. Uh, we have the, uh, the what's it called? The uh, the EEC. Yes. Oil. Thank you. Basically, for anyone listening, there's there's the EU, uh, which is like the United States for Europe, only not. And uh, for uh, the countries uh, where the population didn't want to become a part of the EU, we have something of a sort of a, a, a class B membership, where you get all the disadvantages, but none of the advantages. And that's the EEC that uh, Morten talks about. And, and uh, uh, Norway is a, is, is a class B member of the European Union. Uh, yeah, and, for... and we're, we're, we're one of three countries left in the EFTA, the European Free Trade Association as well. Yeah. Mm. Together with Iceland and Switzerland. Hmm. Yeah. Um, That's probably a smart move. Hello, Brits. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's hard. We are doing our best today on uh, offending yeah. different uh, nations and uh, yeah. continents here. <laughs> so uh, uh, who, who do you want to offend now, Morten? No. I'm not nearly done offending uh, people. So, um... <laughs> keep, keep going, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. As, um, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for my radio. I, Mark Lynch and Sons is a fantastic uh, shop. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm actually thinking of going there. We have a group from our uh, club that talked about just taking a trip over and going as a club to uh, Martin Lynch and uh, just looking at uh, whatever's in there uh, on the walls and in the shelves. Uh, I've received excellent service from there before, and um, yeah, I think it's, an, it's a really nice international shop. It's like Christek, uh, only international. Uh, Christek is, of course, the, the only, best uh, Norwegian. Uh, only a physical. Yeah. Yeah. That's our part time sponsor of the show, but not this episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't uh, do sponsorships, but uh, I, I'm, I will gladly call out uh, quality businesses, and uh, Christek is clearly one of them. Yep. So um, if you're in Norway, and that that lines up with my new sponsor policy that uh, I will only be sponsored by uh, good companies. And since I uh, told my previous Chinese sponsor that uh, I was kind of annoyed at how they treated me, I don't think I have that sponsor anymore. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Uh, so I, I guess I offended the Chinese as well. Yeah, very good. Go. Uh, add add then, it to uh, the list, Steve. I will. Uh, I will uh, try to rectify that because uh, my uh, FX uh, for uh, CR has been broken. Um, the the working theory there is that if you connect a LiPo battery with really short, thick leads. Uh, the inrush current from connecting that battery will fry uh, the drivers for the finals. And if these, if you if you fry them and they end up uh, shorting, then that would blow the finals as well. So I think that's what happened to mine. I took some pictures and sent them to the designer of this radio, which is a Chinese guy, uh, BG2FX, I think, uh, or maybe 5FX, can't remember. 4FX? Four, four, four 4FX yeah. for the 5X, maybe. Uh Let's see. Now you have to look it up. Five. Yeah. F in the meantime, F a short comment about the um the ra about the Kenwood radio. Um uh, one thing that I've already noticed is that uh they've really integrated this D Star thing very nicely because you know how it is with DMR. Uh you have to, you know 
program everything in advance and know exactly which repeaters you're on and in which channels and so on. And with uh, D-Star integration in the Canvot, you basically switch on your GPS and then you say nearest repeater. And then it says, this repeater is 10 kilometer in this direction. And then you select it. So it's really uh, convenient. Unfortunately, the D star density here in my area is not very high. So there's exactly one in 20 <laughs> kilometer uh, distance. But in theory, it's it's very, very nicely integrated. Uh, and uh, it has also uh, programmed repeaters for all major regions. So you can just go traveling without worrying to uh, set up everything from scratch beforehand, like you have to do with DMR. Um, so yeah, nice, uh, nice. that that looks quite uh, convenient so far. Uh, I just want to, sh- before Bob is finished, I just want to say that DMR can be easy if you use uh, OpenGD77 on one of those radios that uh, that OS supports because uh, uh, that makes DMR super super simple because uh, you only add you add the talk groups in one batch and the repeaters in one batch and then then you just say connect this list of talk groups to this repeater and boom, you're done. So you mm. don't have to program everything for every repeater. Yeah, the, the, the programming of the AnyTone is way easier than a, a real commercial uh, yeah. DMR and system o- where you really G- have open, to... OpenGD7 and 7 is just really simple and open yeah. source. And uh, uh, I actually managed to get a sponsor to sponsor a radio that supported OpenGD77. And I ne- never mentioned uh, that uh, manufacturer's firmware with a single word in my videos. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I think, is uh, quite all right because they don't make any money off the firmware that's included with the phone. So if they sell the phone, I'm guessing they're happy. And and that, that firmware um, on Chinese DMR radios is terrible. But uh, please continue with your week, Bob. Uh, y- by the way, you uh, you got me to buy that uh, that radio for the uh, the open uh, firmware. I haven't yep. installed it yet. And that's the uh, uh, Retivis uh, RT3S, which is actually a really good radio. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If, so if you just get get rid of the factory firmware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's not a really good radio. Um, you the the radio part is good. All right. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Let me continue with my uh, epic story of uh, Chinese uh, radios from uh, BG2FX. Um, I took the pictures of the inside that showed the uh, stir-fried uh, finals and uh, drivers. Um, and um, he said, uh, what's your address? I'll send you a new board. That's it. Shipped that up here uh, just in time for Chinese New Year's. He shipped it with DHL. I took about two, two and a half days and I had that in hand. And he hasn't charged me a single cent. Can you show us uh, those photos? uh, I can uh, just uh, see if I can find the photos. That shouldn't be possible. It would be interesting to see. Like, uh... Uh, can't be that long ago. Um... Oh, come on. Yeah, here we go. Let's find the good one. Maybe that one. And uh, I will have to, how do I do this? Present, share And uh, since you're a co-producer, I don't have to click anything. So if I do this, yes. Can you see my my cursor? Uh, No. You have to click the window where it is and then we can hear. So here, yeah. 
So basically, underneath here are the drivers. Um, that looks a bit toasty, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and probably these are fets that uh, failed short, uh, so they took with them the finals as well. Oh. Uh, at least it looks like it. Uh, yeah, so the they have some blisters, or? Yeah, like. <laughs> they, they, they do. And uh, uh, I'm guessing you, you all know the uh, the smell of a burnt FR4. Uh, that was the smell I felt when I when I opened the the radio. So, Yummy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not a nice smell. <laughs> no, it's not. But, but uh, I'm getting uh, this entire board. Uh, I, I have the package. I'm going to do a, a deboxing uh, video, so I haven't opened it yet. And I figured maybe I should try and film replacing the board as well. That could be a fun uh, little project. Uh, so is is the stuff? is the new board populated, or do you need to move the working components uh, from over to the new board? In that case, I'm not going to be as nice to him uh, on the next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> and and Je Jeff's got a comment here that um, uh, the magic smoke escaped, and we all know that you got to keep the smoke inside the the electronics. That's yeah. the thing. There, there was never any smoke, uh, so I, I, I didn't want to believe that it was actually the finals that had gone. But uh, yeah, I opened it up, and uh, yeah, there you are. Um, Every machine so, is a smoke machine if you operate it wrongly enough. Mm. Yeah, that's um, probably true. Let's see if I can stop sharing. Will that pop us back? Yes, uh, most excellent. Uh, so um, that's on the agenda for maybe next week. I'm going to Spain on Friday. So I'm be I'll be Echo Alpha, maybe a number uh, stroke next uh, Sunday. Uh, so with any luck, I will have that fixed so I can bring that along to uh, at least one summit and one park in uh, Spain. If not, I'll do the G90 or maybe I'll do the G90 uh, no matter what. So what what's the fix now to avoid the frying in the future? Uh, I think uh, I, I will check. I think he's made some modifications to that to limit the inrush current so that it doesn't happen. But uh, okay. uh, the, the fix for the existing board is just to use fairly long, thin wires when you connect uh, <laughs> LiPo batteries. Okay. I mean, it, 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 it is insane because what I did, I had a four-cell LiPo uh, battery, uh, which is 16, maybe almost 17 volts, uh, which is within range for that radio. Uh, but that thing can deliver 50C, uh, 50 times its uh, capacity. That means it can empty that battery in a minute. And there was, uh, what, six millimeter square thick cables coming out of it, and they were two centimeters long. Yeah. I connected, I, so I all your current that. went straight into the finals, right? Yes. The, the, the oh, amount yeah. of inverse current you can get from that, it, it's pretty amazing. So it, it, uh, the radio is not meant for it. So I'll just use the cables that came with it uh, and uh, maybe another battery because I don't want to do that uh, dance. Uh, <laughs> okay, but very good uh, customer service, right? <laughs> yeah. Excellent, excellent customer service. That, that is actually, actually really good customer service, though. Uh, yeah. And uh, what I've heard, he is good at giving excellent customer service. He is. I'm, I'm not the first one to, to receive uh, spare parts when something breaks. So, yeah, uh, I would uh, would not hesitate uh, buying a radio from him uh, again. This um, is something I would never have thought of, like you could wipe out, wipe out the radio like that. that would... it, it, not not even the designer had thought of uh, that, uh, apparently, because uh, this, uh, this came, uh, came to be after he created a radio, after he sent it to a lot of people. And we yep. started using our RC batteries, really high C uh, RC batteries. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, I think that's uh, what Jeff says. Uh, that's uh, there, there is actually an unpopulated spot for a capacitor on the on that board, and I think yeah. that's uh, what's uh, what's meant to be on the on the new board now. But uh, yeah, 
Um, and uh, Lee comments that um, it's probably no BMS on your battery. Lipos for RC almost never has uh, BMSs on them, so that just uh, <laughs> that, that would take away some of the fun. No, they uh, just get in the way. It's 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 like carrying a little bomb along with you, isn't it? It's, let's let's call it a medium-sized bomb. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you have the BMS is in your charger, right? Yeah, yeah they, uh, they have I'm... separate uh, balancing cables. At least the ones I've had, I've always had separate balancing. Absolutely, and that that makes sense. Why why would you want to replicate that in all your battery packs? It's it's not really a good idea, uh, except for a bomb thing. But other yeah, than that, yeah, a little yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. small, small part. I'm using uh, ammunition boxes, uh, like for the 12.7 millimeter uh, rounds uh, with a <laughs> really hefty um, lid. I use that for storing these batteries when I have them indoors. So um, I, I don't trust lipos, uh, not even as far as I can throw them. So, hmm. yeah. <laughs> but let, let me round off my uh, my ham radio week. I've been to two summits. Uh, excellent uh, conditions for summits uh, here the last two days. Uh, I've been to, uh, let's see, I have to look at my cheat sheet. Lima Alpha Tango Mike 068 and Lima Alpha Bravo Uniform 026. That was uh, yesterday and today. Uh, good, nice uh, activations, fairly short walks. Um, not much in the way of a view. It was foggy and uh, on, uh, uh, well, basically a lot of trees. Um, but uh, there's the winter bonuses. So that's uh, that's uh, 10 more summits on the air points uh, for me. Um, yeah. I think I you're... You're starting to get like really the hang of that short format. At least the ones you yeah. put on uh, on Instagram are really nice shorts videos. Yeah, that your was, your uh, shorts videos are getting really good. Uh, you're, I have no chance to to match your your video quality there. Well, there's uh, I've I've, um, I've practiced for ten videos, and I, I'm pretty sure if you did too, you'd uh, you'd get there. It's not that hard. Um, uh, I have more than 10 videos out, and I still can't figure out uh, YouTube's uh, short editor on the phone. Well, uh, I use CapCut. CapCut? Yeah. CapCut is made by ByteDance, uh, which makes uh, TikTok. That's an application you install on a PC. And, uh, it's, uh, that it's that, really that you seems about uh, as, as secure as using Telegram. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to start dancing on the summits. That will get you views. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, I'm, I probably shouldn't say that, but already I'm standing on the summit for at least uh, two, three minutes uh, uh, bareback because I want to. I'm warm when I get up there. I take off everything that's sweaty, and I just I, usually I start rigging up my antenna, uh, mm. wearing nothing uh, on the on the on the upper part of my body. Uh, and I think if I started to do a dance as well, that would be tad too much. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna do that. Great topic today. <laughs> and and uh, Lee, Lee comes said we got a great topic today, and we're not even there yet, and we're still no. doing great. Yeah, but uh, uh, plug. Let, let me finish plugging uh, CapCut. Um, excellent idea. I got that uh, from uh, my son, which also wants to do uh, YouTube videos, but he wants to do them of him playing Fortnite. Uh, so he told me about this CapCut thing, and uh, we downloaded it, and I figured, yeah, I should try it out. And it's fun, and it's easy. Um, yeah, so highly yeah. recommended. I will have a look into that, because I tried my latest short. I edited that on the train with YouTube's editor, and um, 
it's hard to stay cool headed in front of the other passengers while trying to edit a video on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Doing I, anything uh, useful on the phone is pretty, uh, pretty darn uh, near impossible if you ask me. But, yeah. Yeah. I use the DaVinci Resolve for that. It has an option for vertical videos. Yes, I, I have it, done that as well. It uh, tells you you are a despicable person whenever you click it, and then it lets you edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Was that your entire ham radio week, Bob? Uh, I have something on my bench. Yeah, go ahead. I've been listening to the because uh, these mountains, uh, if they're not really, if they're not really long walks, they're usually a long drive away. So I'm, I've been listening to the uh, ham radio workbench uh, podcast, and they talk about what's on their bench usually for the first two and a half hours of the show. So I figured I'll um, <laughs> see if I can. Uh, I have some more batteries. Uh, yeah, they're not really transparent. I just looked at damn green screen. These are uh, lithium-ion phosphate batteries, which means they they will probably not explode. Uh, so I have four of these and a uh, charge controller. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, yeah, looks like this. So I'll I'll try and make a uh, small battery pack. These are I think seven amp hours. Uh, so that will make me a battery that's 12.4 hour uh, volts nominal, 7 amp hours. That's just below uh, what you can bring on a, on a plane. And, and what, kind, what kind of cells are those? Uh, they look bigger than 18650s. They are, let's say, 32700. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, yep, that's, uh, that's on my bench. Uh, I took uh, out uh, FreeCAD, which is my preferred way of drawing things for 3D printing. And uh, did that for about two minutes. Got really, really pissed off, and uh, yeah, and uh, I haven't looked at it since. So, Fusion three sixty. I'm just gonna whisper that. That was not a whisper. I've I have used Fusion three sixty. Uh, it's uh, nice, but it's not free. <clears throat> In uh, any sense of the word. Uh, no, it, it is. It, it is financially free if you get a personal license. Uh, yes, then it's free for a year, and then it's up to uh, Autodesk whether you, they renew it or not. I never uh, had an issue with that. I have never had an issue with that either. I don't trust but, Autodesk. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, can I go with my ham radio week now? Yes, week. please do. <laughs> yeah, please do. And um, I'm actually going to switch to my workbench because um, I'm a little bit inspired by the workbench show. Uh, let's start here, um, because you brought this little uh, FTDI USB uh, adapter to me last week, which uses a really modern mini USB connector, by the way. Wow. <laughs> um, I uh, I spent a while figuring out where I had a mini USB cable, <laughs> um, because I want to get cat control on the USDX. Um there is, I found some kind of manual, but I'm guessing the pinout in the manual is not correct. So uh, um, I have not been able to, to get it working, but that's one of my projects. And then I released a video yesterday about this Anon here. So I've been playing around, made a super fancy test device for uh, 49 to 1 Anons. Uh, this is just um, a cable with a resistance of 2.43 kilo ohms, uh, as close as I could get with the resistors I had lying around, and um, tested this uh, Anon. And um, I'm not going to say too much because the video drops in a little bit more than a week, but um, it's, it's promising. Let's uh, put it that way. 
So yeah. um, it's um, you put me on the right track, Bob. And then I watched a couple of YouTube videos by the Smoking Ape and Ham Radio Dude and figured out that this was the way to do it. And um, the next step is waiting for antenna weather so I can actually try it out. Any weather is antenna weather button. I was and, gonna uh, that, yeah. and speaking about antennas, though, because um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Tim and 9 sab on the show. And um, the uh, uh, G5RV just showed up in the mail. And it's just so, so nicely built. Yeah, it's uh, nice. it's 300 ohm ladder line, uh, nice wire, and these end insulators are just, I mean, they're built out of shrink wrap, but they look amazing. Are they 3D printed below? Uh, it feels like it's just shrink wrap, actually. Okay. So uh, I'm really looking forward to trying that out, but this has been a no poda week, and looks like next week is going to be that way as well. And as a little segue to our topic, I got a tuner in the mail. Uh, bought this off of AliExpress, and um, I figured this would be I bought this so you didn't have to uh, think. <laughs> but it's actually really well built, uh, high quality components. And when you cut the seal where it says, uh, warning, uh, this item is not fit for resale if the seal is broken. Um, when you cut that and open the box up, it's really well built inside. Yeah, that looks nice. And I don't know if you can hear that sound from the switches. Mm. Yeah. It, it feels and sounds just right. And it actually tunes. And um, it's a C-match tuner. So you, um, I couldn't get that to work the first time I tried it, but I tried it again today. You put it into tune mode, and then it roots some of the RF into a dummy load in here. So the radio thinks it has a perfect SWR. Mm. Um, and uh, and uh, then uh, you just turn the dials back and forth until the LED goes out. And uh, you're in tune. Yep. That uh, seems like it's an open source project if you look at that logo in the middle. So yep. it would be interesting to see if this is just like their reselling it or if it's the ones that actually made it but it i haven't i bought it on aliexpress so um i yeah. think yeah but it, it's it's really well built but I, I, I have a question about that uh, nice sounding switch on the front there because there's a label underneath it yeah uh can we see on, that on again? the switch on the switch on the front of the switch yeah. There is no no label on the switch. Uh, Underneath is the switch on the front. It, it says tuner work. Yeah, it, it says yeah. Uh, so you, you get gonna, to decide whether or not the tuner works by switching that switch. You see that the tune and work. Yes. Uh, it's, oh, it's tune work. and work. All right. Tune and work. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then it's a uh, higher low impedance uh, switch on the back there. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And I just want to, Andy's got a question here, uh, if I posted his prices yet. And uh, they're going in the mail tomorrow, uh, along with a lot of overdue packages. So uh, I'll send you a tracking number once they're in the mail, Andy. And I'm sorry about the delay. Um, and um, that brings us on to the topic of the day, tuners. No, actually, it does not bring us on to the topic of today, because we got to present a YouTube channel. Yes. 
Uh, do you want to present that, uh, Shethel, since this was your suggestion? Yes, I can. I'm going to share my screen here. Let's uh, put it up on stage. Yes. So the channel we have today is uh, Tom Lima Bravo 6 Cubic Juliet. He's a small channel. Uh, he does a lot of uh, short technical views into different uh, topics. And uh, it doesn't get very many views, but I could uh, absolutely recommend watching him and just dropping him some comments and uh, making sure he gets some more followers out there. Uh, it's nice to see some smaller ham cubers. Uh, many of us have been there already. Um, and uh, let him grow up. And he does share quite a lot. Some of this is uh, very uh, Norwegian-related, to say it that way. Uh, but others is more like uh, international. Like, for example, his video here on Pi Star, which was a really nice watch. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, he has been uh, he has been a guest on my stream before we started the European Ham Radio Show as well. Uh, the moment he released his first or second video, I think I picked him up and uh, invited yep. him on. And it, it's it's a kind of vlog style where he documents his ham journey uh, as a new ham. And um, hmm. I got to give him a lot of credit for that because it is scary to put your thoughts and opinions out there when you're a new ham uh, because you're so afraid that some older sad hams will come and... Uh, and kind of uh, trash you a little bit, actually. Yeah, and you can see this is like his first video a year ago. So uh, as you can see on his call sign, he's I think he's got licensed last year or the year before, something like last, that. Last year, I think. Uh, he was barely li licensed uh, when he started his YouTube channel, actually. Yeah, so that is nice. And it's really cool to see some of the newer guys start up uh, YouTube channels as well. I uh, highly recommend people to do that if you like sharing. And this hobby is a lot about sharing. It's not yep. for everybody, but for for some people, sharing is absolutely fun. Uh, I guess most of us here like it at least. It, it is. And, and I mean, sh sharing stuff is why at least I do a YouTube channel. Yeah, and uh, that's like the old, what do you call it over in the States? Like uh, mentoring or... El Elmering. Elmering, yes. Uh, yeah. that, that spirit, uh, doing that on YouTube, you can reach so many people. Uh, exactly. And, and I, th I think we YouTubers are somewhat of the modern Elmers. Yeah. Actually. And, and you can make a very interesting video on some really weird topic that helps somebody maybe a year or two down the road. Uh, so so that is cool. The same happens yep. with Soda Summits. Like I've actually gotten contacted by quite a few people that go on vacation to Norway and wondering, like, how do I go on doing Sota or Pota in Norway? Yeah. And those poor guys often end up with me trying to say hello to them as well. So um and uh tom's all, also got the Andy Cowley seal of approval on his channel. So uh that is good. That is it good. Did we do the ticker with the, his, uh, the URL for its own channel? No, I posted uh, it in chat. Okay, I'll I'll do it. Then. So, uh, yeah, uh, yep. and um, 45 auto is a little bit late. Uh, you haven't really missed much except us uh, offending at least three countries and two continents. Three continents. Three continents. And um, we try our I, best. We try our best. So um, just since you missed the beginning there, uh, 45. Uh, since you have the uh, national final in hand egg, um, I just want to re remind you uh, a couple of things. 
this is a foot, this is a ball, this is a hand, and that is an egg. Um, and now on to today's topic. Uh, if I can just find the right button here. Uh, back, back to today's topic, uh, where, where you already started it with uh, your, your nice I, I started uh, with my tuner, tuner, but um, I had a thought, though, because uh, when I started this hobby, uh, a lot of older hams told me that um, you shouldn't use tuners. Yeah. You should only use resonant antennas, and um, you should uh, have one antenna per band. And in a perfect world, that is probably right. But then I look at Walt and what he does with the G90 and his uh, insane antennas, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, and um, yeah, um, I think tuners are actually a good thing if you realize that they don't tune the antenna, but they tune the transmission line. Yeah. And, uh, they, uh that point you said there, but like you should have only one resonant antenna. That works if you build that resonant antenna for one place. If yeah. you work portable, yeah, don't move that, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, then that is not a resonant antenna when you move it from a marsh to a summit to a frozen lake or whatever. It's gonna change, so you still need a tuner. Absolutely, uh, and um, but, but, and I I use my tuner at home as well because. My antennas aren't perfect. Yeah. Uh, the closest one is my commercial built uh, Wyndham antenna, but uh, even that is not, uh, it's not resonant everywhere on every band. It's supposed to be resonant on, especially 80 meters. And most well, radios, most radios have that little tuner, at least modern radios have that little tuner button that you can use to touch up your antenna. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, this is hard to hold in. That guy. Uh, because you said uh, that uh, the, antenna, the, the tuner, it doesn't tune the antenna, it tunes the transmission line. And that is uh, only uh, true, in fact, if you put the tuner in the wrong place. You if want you to have the right... close to an antenna, you? won't you? If, if you put the tuner in the right place, which is at the feed point of the antenna, it tunes the antenna. And yeah. then it's a really, really, really good thing. I'll do a, a really simple example. If you do a vertical, a quarter wave vertical, ground plane or uh, on, on the ground with uh, ground uh, radials, the radiation pattern of that uh, in, in the low angle uh, compared to a half wave or to five uh, eighths uh, antenna uh, length uh, radiating elements is really bad. It's really, really bad. It's in, it's in the area of 10 dBs less for the quarter wave which is matched more or less to 50 ohms than for the uh, 5 eighths. And that, that, that thing that's on the bottom of a 5 eighths antenna, that's a tuner. It's a single band, single frequency tuner, but it's a tuner. It's the exact same thing that's going on in there that's going on in uh, the tuners with all the relays, only all the relays aren't there because it's single frequency, single band. Um, so not, not, not only is not using a tuner stupid, it, it's it you you get better antennas you can build better antennas you can get better uh, radiation angles if you use tuners on antennas but you have to put them at the feed point of the antenna not in your shack yeah important tip and 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 one more thing if <laughs> if you need to put them in your shack you should not use 50 ohm coax from 
the shack to the antenna. You should use a ladder line. That makes a huge, huge, huge difference. I, I found a calculator to get you some uh, some numbers on that. And uh, calculating with uh, 15 meters of feed line for an antenna on 14 megahertz, uh, 100 watts. If you do that with coax, you lose half your signal with a 10 to 1 um, SWR. Uh, that's, not, uh, that's not an uncommon uh, thing to have for a random wire, let's say. With ladder line, you lose 6%. But with a random wire, you usually have a 91 at the endo to uh, mitigate some of that. True, that, that does help, uh, but still. You, you do not usually attach the random wire antenna straight to the coax uh, outside. That's you, true. You That's put true. a matching so unit on there to, if, to bring the SWR down. If yeah. you use the ladder line, you, you, you could. But, but the, I was... the, point, the, the point is, why, 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 why would you uh, not put the tuner with the uh, at the feed point of the antenna why would you want to insist on putting it inside the radio i mean for portable work the g90 is excellent i can put the antenna the, the, i can have the feed point at the back of the radio that's not a problem but for for it in a ham shack of course you want to put the tuner at the base of the antenna it makes perfect sense let me uh, let me illustrate something about your point of having ladder line or uh stuff going outside um you I, you pointed out that I have a roof cam, a ceiling <laughs> cam. And yep. this this is the coax going out of my shack. It's going up through my ceiling, up to the attic, then out of the attic on the side of the house, running ladder line up there uh, and keeping it far from uh, metallic objects and everything. Uh, that would be hugely impractical. Uh, so the reason we have tuners in our shacks is practicality, actually. And one more thing that's quite important, which or critical, I would say. If you have more than one antenna, you need more than one tuner with Bob's solution. You need no. one per... Yeah. Yeah, if you, no. need, if you want no. to put it in the feed point of each antenna, they are spread out over a huge area, maybe like 10, 15, 20, 30 meters apart. Then oh. you need one per. But if you have one tuner and the switcher, then you but can why why or oh, why would you want several antennas when you have the tuner at the feed point because well. there are some different kind of antennas and if you see my antennas here i got a windham hmm. i got an nfed half wave i got a, a three element six meter beam and uh not a 10 meter hp9 cv because i replaced that with the worst uh worst beam ever uh, <laughs> uh which is a shortened uh 20 15 and 10 meter uh beam which is practically as deaf as hmm. i don't know actually but it, it's it's a really it, it radiates well but that doesn't really matter because you can't hear the other stations on that antenna. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and and you, and you need a tuner because it's not especially broadbanded on those bands it covers. Yeah, but I'm really happy. Like when I started this hobby, my Elmers were of the kind like say we you need a tuner. Uh, like um, my first radio, the TS480, which was a horrible portable radio. Uh, it was uh, still it still had a tuner. But then I met um, Lima Bravo 18 Day Golf, Flood. Uh, he did a lot of soap that day. And he actually gave me this one, also like an Elbrick. So this is the DIY version of the fancy thing you showed earlier, Martin. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think this is an L match one. But uh, anyway. Yeah, that so looks it, like an L match. Uh... Yeah. This one, 
uh, use this with the vertical one and just a short coax to put it into the radio. And like set just at the feed point. And uh, 10 meters or 10 and a half meters of vertical wire for that. And like when you when I got it first, like it was really hard to use. It took me a long while to get it tuned. But after that, like after using it for 10, 20, 30 activations, I could tune up so quickly. Like I could tweet a, a tune up almost faster than my uh, G90 could when it tuned and switched bats. Uh, yeah. And uh, these ones are amazing things. They can tune a lot of things. Uh, and I run ran so much like DX with this one. Um, um, yeah, and, and tuners are practical. Uh, it, it makes me almost be able to run 160 meters on my 80 meter Wyndham. Oh, I've used a lot of 160 on my 80 meter antennas. So, uh, and I, I have two tuners in the shack here. Um, I have this uh, JRC tuner here. And then I have uh, the tuner in my 7300. <laughs> and, and, which tuner do you think I tune the fastest on? The uh, JRC tuner or the 7300 tuner? The manual one? Uh, almost. Yeah. Uh, of course, it, it tunes a little bit faster just pressing the tune button, but there's not really much of a difference, though. And uh, that uh, manual tuner has a much wider range. Not that I really need that on my antennas because they usually just need a little bit of a touch-up. Hmm. But that, that manual tuner has probably got uh, attachment points for a ladder line on the back. It does not. It does not. It does not. Sad, sad. It has, however, been modified with an antenna switch at some point. Oh. <laughs> uh, and and the, uh, the SO connections on the back are not logically placed. So hmm. um, uh, because uh, antenna port number one is where the antenna port is supposed to be. But two and three uh, are put together with the radio connection. So you actually got to be a little bit careful when uh, wiring this thing up. <laughs> I, but I, I, I don't use the radio, the antenna switcher in it, though, because I got uh, an MFJ antenna switcher uh, up back. Hmm. My next step is uh, beside me, I got a MFJ antenna and radio switcher, actually. Uh, so my next step is, uh, is wiring that up so I can use... Uh, all my radios with all my antennas mm. uh, with only one tuner. Yeah. To bring it back but, on something. But I, I do, uh, I do fully agree with you about like the, um, uh, uh, the best technical solution is having one per antenna. There's yeah. like, that, uh, that's, uh, that is the best technical, but all, like uh, not all of us have unlimited amounts of money. No, but, uh, that sounds like an argument for one antenna and one tuner, not for many. Mm. But yeah. one one antenna does not have the ideal radiation pattern everywhere from 160 to, let's say, 70 centimeters. That That's true. And that might be a good reason to have uh, a few. Uh, but for let, let's say you're constrained for space, for uh, a relationship with neighbors, or for money. Uh, mm. what, what I have here, I have... One HF antenna on the outside. I have the CG3000 tuner, which is at ground level. Mm. That's that's connected by coax uh, back to my shack. And I have 20, uh, around about 22 meters of wire going 10 meters up and 12 meters across. That thing tunes from uh, uh, 10 meters to 160 meters. No problem. Mm. 
uh, it's not really usable, but that's because of all the noise that I have to uh, contend with here. But but from 20 meters and up to 10, it works perfectly. And uh, with that wire, I know if I connected another tuner, I could tune that wire in six meters as well, no problem. Nice. Uh, So it's it's really simple. It's inexpensive. It's non-intrusive for the neighbors, simple to set up. But the the important bit, I, I would never be able to have an antenna that's usable in practice from 10 meters to 160 meters if i was running coax from the feed point and put that uh, cg uh, 3000 in the shack and i wouldn't want to be in the shack with that uh, thing uh, working anyway um, um we got a question here from uh, william if it's atu or amu to describe a tuner what's and an um I don't know what an AMU is, but it's I've a, always thought that ATU is short for antenna tuner and not automatic tuner. So uh, antenna I think AMU is an antenna matching unit. Yeah. Yeah. Antenna matching unit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, according according to to Stuart here, um, the RSGB uh, uses uh, AMU. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, so, and, um, and I'm I'm gonna try hard not to offend uh, the British Isles uh, one more time here. Yeah, but I'm not sure ATU if that is automatic antenna uh, tuner or if it's antenna tuner. I've heard it's both. A, it's antenna tuner. If it was an automatic antenna tuner, it would be an AATU. Ah, or, yeah. or an A squared TU. Yeah. <laughs> a double yeah. ATU. Hey, there's a cat. Uh, we got hey. a cat here. <laughs> hey, that's uh, yeah. Nice. But uh, t- talking about tuners, they, they, uh, I've been talking a little bit about the antenna that I would try to create a presentation on that I've been using for the past six months now, maybe, which is the, just a 10 meter tall uh, mast with the, the wire on it and there's the, the few radials on the ground. That small, tiny little box, the size of a matchbox, is also a tuner. But again, it's a single band, single frequency uh, tuner. Um, and it but, does exactly, it, 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 exactly it, the same thing as the thing you showed up, Morton, but it doesn't have the, the dials. I, I, I then, the, then, it, then it's an antenna matching unit and not a tuner. Wouldn't a tuner, uh, by definition, say that it covers a wider range? According than a to the RSGB, is it? Uh, then the, uh, an antenna tu- matching unit and an antenna tuner uh, unit is, uh, the, uh, is the same thing. Mm. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a matching unit, uh, but so is a, so is the tuner. But uh, it's uh, once again, it's a single band. Yeah, single frequency. Where, whereas a tu- and I, I am I am wandering into opinion territory here, but yeah. uh, I, I would say <laughs> that there is a difference between a matching unit and a tuner, even though they both do the same thing, just a little bit differently. So mm. basically, you're saying that if if it's tunable if you if you can uh, if you can uh, field reprogramming it for different frequencies then it's a tuner and if you can't then it's a matching unit i like that definition of field reprogramming it <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh, no big surprise yes, exactly. I in IT, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and i i actually want to i, I want to go back to to one of my uh, projects now just to show why i have a tuner in the shack though uh because this is what I'm going to switch my antenna switch with. And here you have ports for the, uh, let's see, the radios down here and the antennas up here. And Why you do have you such have a... 440 megahertz? Uh, no, it's, it's a TS440. It's okay. an old Kenwood. I thought it was 70 centimeter. So, uh... did, did you also think that was uh, 7.3 gigahertz? 
No, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 brand new seven point three gigahertz band. Yeah, and the seven hundred six megahertz band. Yeah, uh, but uh, but when I have this, I can root because this seems like this is actually just two switches in one. So you have to take a cable from the COM port here to the COM port down here, and in that line, you can put a tuner and have the same tuner for all of your radios. Since yeah. uh, the uh, the TS440 has uh, has a really, really bad sound when I press the tune button, it says, because that is, uh, uh, it's two variable uh, capacitors in there, I think it is. And uh, they are run by a motor and there is something seriously mechanically wrong with that contraption at the moment. <laughs> uh, there are no relays, but uh, two variable capacitors. And... Uh, yeah, it it sounds like like a French car. Yeah. Uh, sorry, if we probably managed to offend another part of the world here. <laughs> They're basically uh, the only nation we haven't offended by now. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that lets me use three radios with all my antennas, and it, it's an ease of use thing, though. Um, and that that has been one of my core points though when when new hams ask uh, and my point is try it out and might not be the best setup but if it works it works mm. yeah and that's why i think you should use an antenna tuner uh just to be able to um to, to get past those minor imperfections which might otherwise stop you from from getting on the air yeah i mm. I, I agree uh, you should use that but if you if it's at all possible Put it in the right place, not in the wrong place. It's like the cart and the horse. You 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 can have the horse behind the cart, but it's not a good idea. Would that be a real wheel drive cart if you do that? that? A rear horse drive driven mm. cart. Yeah. yeah, it would not win any speed uh, or elegance uh, contests. I think uh, <laughs> it, it is possible. So, yeah. um, uh, but, but I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. Use a tuner, of course. Use a tuner, and as I said, uh, there's uh, quite a bit of antennas that are better, uh, that will need uh, some sort of matching unit. It could be a tuner or, or a, a static matching unit. You can call it that, maybe. Uh, but uh, uh, a lot of the time, you can't get the radiation pattern, the ideal radiation pattern from an antenna if you are uh, constrained by having to match it to 50 ohms. So, um, yeah. Use, okay. use a tuner or a matching unit. So, I guess the conclusion is that antenna tuners are friends. Yeah. Yes. What a surprise. <laughs> I, just, I, I just wish we had Walt on and he could talk about the amazing tuner in the G90. Yeah, it is good. And it tunes absolutely everything. That, I, that tuner I've, saved I've, me so many times. I've said it before. I've managed to tune the uh, G90 without an antenna connected. Yeah. I've done it with the coax and... Um, and the 49 to 1 transformer and nothing else. <laughs> I had a QSO on that, remember, to Turkey. Um, and and uh, William asked if he can squeeze the difference in between a Z match or a Z match and an L match. And uh, I'm going to pass the ball or the egg over to someone else here. Yeah, for uh, uh, let's see. Uh... And we are completely I, blank on this one. <laughs> I, I, I got I got to be honest that that's uh, the part of the license test which where I just memorized the diagrams. Hmm. 
Yeah, I uh, will try and look into it. I can tell you quite a bit of L matches. Uh, I, I that that the, the, the match box that I talked about is an it's an L match. I did uh, quite a bit of research to understand L matches, uh, okay. C matches, not so much. Uh, so if I can uh, get back to you on that when I have yeah, we, time we give you five matches. minute research time and uh, then we go back to you, right? <laughs> That's not going to be sadly, but uh, I will uh, at some point talk at length about the difference between L matches and C matches. Um, Perhaps uh, we could dedicate time. a complete show to you doing that. Complete episode for you to do that. Yeah, that would be a nice way of losing uh, viewership. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure if many people would tune into that. No. Nope. Um, no. Um, <laughs> Tim says that uh, tuners are friends at the feed point, but not a friend after 50 feet of coax with a 15 to 1 SWR on 10 meters. Yeah. And um, I'm tempted. For argument's sake, to disagree a little bit uh, there, Tim. If that is the only way you can get it on air on 10 meters, they are friends. It might not be the ideal solution, but uh, it will get you on the air. Uh, I shall do the calculation for that example. Uh, 50 feet, is that about 50 15 meters? 15 meters. Yeah. Yeah, you'd lose uh, two-thirds of your power in the coax in that scenario. In yeah. the scenario that uh, Tim showed us, so I, I would say I, I, I'm with Tim. The, then uh, it's not your friend. And uh, Mihai says that the uh, uh, Z match is not using any switch for inductance. Hmm. All right, so it's a single inductance. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so that is. Uh, but then again, I got a question here though, because um, let's uh, put it on the overhead cam because. Sorry, no, never mind. It's impedance and not inductance. So. Um, uh, never mind. Um, my point is not valid anymore. See uh, that uh, the, the switch that you have on the back there that says uh, uh, high impedance or low impedance. Yeah. If that's uh, 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 what that does in some tuner configuration, it moves the uh, shunt element uh, from the load side to the source side. Yeah. I think it, I, I haven't I haven't traced the uh, the traces on the uh, PCB here yet, uh, but and uh, I might not even do that at some point. I'm sure but, that since it's open source, you can probably find some documentation for it, unless they remove the that part of the documentation on the PCB. So you should be able to get the full schema and uh, technical documentation for it. There is actually on the AliExpress page, there is a, a really good documentation on it. Yeah. And it's, it says uh, the LED might not go completely off for every band, but you're fine. Go on air and make DX. <laughs> good instructions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Tim agrees that uh, any antenna is better than no antenna. And yeah. uh, that is that is my point, though. And um, my point is, if hunting the ideal solution is keeping you from getting on the air and making those QSOs, mm. uh, it would be better to, to use an antenna tuner. And I usually, when people ask me about things, I usually ask back, have you tried it? And they say no. And then I just tell them to go out and try it. And <laughs> you're not going to, I mean, you're going to have a hard time injuring yourself, uh, your equipment or other people if you don't do it terribly wrong. Yeah, so like a challenge. Yeah, and I think in in ninety percent of the cases, your antenna mounting 
position does so much in, in quotes harm to your SWR that you can aim for perfection, but you never get it anyway, right? Exactly. Uh, I'm sitting here, you know, fiddling with NFET half waves and ah, uh, one winding more or less on the coil. But I mean, in reality, does it really matter? No, it doesn't matter at all. You mount it, there's some metal roof nearby, some pole, etc. The whole thing is just detuned by design. So Every, yeah, everything yeah. is a compromise. I mean, who yeah. out there has their 80 meter dipole at perfect height? Yeah, that's got to exactly. be quite high up. Yeah. Perfect height is, uh, I think, uh, as a half, of half a wavelength. No, uh, yeah. perfect height is away from the Earth. I think. Yeah, so but uh, you space, should have it. But at, at least half a wavelength, and uh, having a forty meter tower for your eighty meter antenna is uh, probably not going to be ideal. Um, no, you need two of them to stretch in between. I, I think my eighty meter antenna is pretty high, and that's at fourteen meters. Hmm. Yep. And there, there's quite a bit uh, up to 40 meters still, but uh, it performs good enough for yep. just doing the... I mean, 80 meters is Envis, no matter how you look at it, though. Well, if, if, you're, if you're not one of, one of those Japanese people with a, a six-element 80-meter beam. I... Uh, ooh. Um, one of the first um, summits on the air activations, I was with a... Uh, uh, with a, a colleague from the club, he uh, strung up an NFED. Uh, I guess we'd call that a random wire. Tuned it with an, uh, I think, an AH4 uh, tuner, mm. uh, 80 meters. Got uh, North America. Yeah. So absolutely, uh, it's absolutely not uh, just uh, NMIS. On, on, on sideband or uh, or on digi modes. On sideband. Yeah, you just need to put uh, hang it over some salt water. For example, the one on uh, Lee Malpa Fort Charlie. That's uh, it's maybe ten meters over the over the sea, but it's over salt water parts of the way at least, and that helps as well. Yeah, um, this was of so, course on a mountain. There was a, a very little salt water up there, but uh, yeah, it yes, worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see that we are. This show has gone way faster than uh, expected. Yep. Uh, we're past the hour mark. And um, uh, William had a suggestion in our Discord, hamshow.eu slash Discord, uh, about a topic. Uh, I don't know. If, should we do that next week? What was that? That was uh, how radios have become uh, more capable and better than they were 10 to 15 years ago. Yeah, we can insult some people with that topic. Uh, or or <laughs> why why SDRs are better than uh, tube radios. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something that at least there will be some input on opinions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so and that the, 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 those shows seem to be pretty pretty doing pretty well. Um, <laughs> Tobias, you have uh, AT100. Is that what you're showing off? Yeah, right. That's uh, AT100 that I built. Um and uh, I'm not uh, super proud. Like, hang on a second. Let me quickly switch again. The one thing that I'm really proud of is uh, I put it into a case and it does not look completely crap because this is always the hardest thing for me to do. You know, the soldering and the wires, that's easy. But putting it in, in a case that it does not look like junk, that's the really hard bit. So that um, looks, yeah, that's looks my... nice. And, and I guess <laughs> it probably works better than any of the uh, 
any of the uh, AT100s that I have bought from China. Uh, I, I don't know. The AT100 is a nice design, but of course it has some uh, drawbacks. Um, there's no... Um... What is it? Zero current uh, relays. So uh, basically, when the relay is engaged, you it, it draws power. So it's not really for QoP operation. And uh, the firmware in there also has no memory, so it doesn't remember if if you tuned on 80 or 20 or 40 meter band your antenna. It doesn't remember that. Yeah. So it yeah. always starts from scratch. Um, but anyway, it's a very nice kit, and uh, I can recommend everybody uh, to build one. Yeah, I have, uh, speaking about that, Tom, which we featured earlier in the episode, has uh, a couple of videos on his uh, AT100 build uh, and the mistakes he did when uh, buying it. Um, I have had two AT100. The first one, when I got it, it rattled, and I opened it up, and there were some loose screws, and everything was glued down on the PCB. <laughs> so it was a really hard... I had a really hard time finding those screws in there and figuring out under which part of glue should they really go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I made that work uh, pretty well uh, and used that for a little while. And uh, then I bought another one, um, which had a battery, which was nice, uh, but it didn't like RF. When it had yeah. high SWR, the uh, display started flickering and the firmware went bonkers. <laughs> okay. And that, that, is, that is not a good trait in an antenna tuner. <laughs> no, it wouldn't yeah. make me very comfortable using that. No, uh, besides that, it had a too small battery. So after two QSOs, it uh, didn't have any more power in it. And... Uh, didn't really charge you can really operate it uh at the same time as you had it plugged in but in theory like a tuner it shouldn't need power should it like just for the automatic tuning part like when a manual tuner doesn't or doesn't use power no, no it no. doesn't use that depends though uh if you have latching relays yeah you can you can i mean then you just use power when you're switching the relays in and out yeah uh, but if you don't have latching relays, you need power to keep the relays in place. Yeah, so you should be able to make it like tune automatically and use power just for that, and then yeah, it remembers uh, it until uh, next week. We're 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 in way overtime here, but you had that comment last Sunday, Bob, when we went on our uh, Poda expedition in Sweden uh, when I tuned the G5 RV on twenty meters, and you commented that uh, the relays didn't click. Yeah. On my tuner because um, it was probably where where I used that antenna the last time on that yeah. tuner. Yeah, so no, it was that, already in tune. That's uh, that's a very very good idea for QRP operations, so battery powered operations. Yeah. But uh, I, I, when I got the seven hundred five, I got also got the uh, the I think it's AH four tuner, isn't it? That uh, comes uh, yeah. with it. Uh, yeah, uh, and that that thing too has uh, latching relays and uh, the batteries in that I think are just normal AA batteries that you replace when uh, when they run out. Yeah, uh, I so that uses very very little power. Um, I yeah. have the LDG Z hundred which I use for portable use with the seven hundred six. Yeah, and uh, that is uh, that is a good tuner, except that I have probably the only one which does not have uh, a AA battery caddy inside it. <laughs> so I need to to make room for that. Uh, but then again, it powers off of the radio uh, with the ICOM cable. Nice. So there's not really any need for that. And um, I used to have an Elecraft. What's that 
little Elecraft tuner called the little green one? Uh, AT1 or something. Uh, the little QRP tuner. And that was a really nice tuner. Uh, powered by a single AA battery, I think. And uh, it just just worked. Yeah. That's very much QRP. You put hundred watts. That is that, that is gonna, very uh, much explode. very much QRP, and that's the same with the uh, the Chinese tuner that I got. That is also very much QRP. Yeah, I think an important thing we talked about the 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 it's called the ATU one hundred that uh, that design. I think that's a very very sound design. But if you create that with substandard capacitors or substandard relays or substandard soldering. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a piece of crap, and it's going to break the first time you try it. But if you build that design with quality components and quality craftsmanship, it's, it's going to be a very, very nice tuner. So, so what uh, you're saying, I, if, you, if you buy that tuner off of AliExpress or eBay, uh, you're not going to be in very much luck. Get a German to build it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't uh, help really, because I think I got mine also um, from some... Looks trustworthy source, and I think one of the uh, soldered on NP0 SMD capacitors was not so good. And I figured that out and took it off and replaced it with a, um, uh, a leaded uh, um, nah, uh, uh, capacitor with uh, wire, so no SMD. And uh, now it's working fine. So, um, this, this, yeah. ex this is exactly the reason why I'm saying get one that's built by a German. <laughs> uh, yeah, or, or, or build it completely yourself, you know, just get the PCB and put all the components on or maybe just get it um, with the processor soldered on and everything else is then your your job. Yeah, And it's it's an open source design though, so uh, it's really nice. But we're at a, an hour and 10 minutes now and if we don't want to turn into the ham radio workbench, I guess we might uh, think about uh, <laughs> saying that we'll be back next week with uh, why transistors are better than tubes or something like that. <laughs> I, I thought we were going to do live commentary of that hand egg show later today. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and to, to all our American viewers, good luck with the national final in hand egg. Yep. <laughs> and on that note as they say on top gear 73 73 yeah. <laughs> ciao